Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey, listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Yeah, it's Paul Newman. He's Harper. Harper is... Well, that's a little tougher. Playing cat and mouse with a man like Harper is a dangerous game. Mouse always gets caught. But I like dangerous games. Why so fast, Harper? Are you trying to impress me? You got a way of starting conversations that ends conversation. Why is your wife divorcing you? Got a way of starting conversations that ends conversation. What do you do this kind of crummy work for, anyway? Are you trying to be funny? I do, because I believe in the United Nations and Southeast Asia, and I think it's funny if your life depends on what goes through the Panama Canal. What about the English pound? I'll tell you something, boy, so long as there's a Siberia, you'll find Lou Harper on a job. I don't think so. Yeah, but what do you think of me? Well, I'd say you had <clears throat> nearly everything and could develop in almost anything. That's my big deficiency. Your sideburns. Just that. Stop banging like a bitch in heat every time anything pretty in pants wanders by. Oh, so we think we're pretty. Oh, what's your big deficiency? I have none. I'm a bloody saint. Now, what about that woman last night at the restaurant? Well, what could be more saintly? Just feeding booze to an alcoholic to get information. All part of the job. Well, when I'm bored, I drive fast. I pretend I'm on my way to meet something utterly new. All naked and bright. I've gone 105 along here. Well, what are you trying to do, impress me? Well, why don't you stand on it, old man? Just as stuffy as Albert. The same Victorian hang-up. You probably still think a woman's place is in the home. Not in my home. Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the way back machine. We enter the way back and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. 
Hi, this is Dave McClellan, the voice of NHRA. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio in sparkling downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Gulfstream Motorsports, and Nostalgic Radio and Cars. If you've missed any of our past shows, be sure and check out our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Chris, what's new? What up? Not much. I don't know if it's sparkling anymore. Yeah, you know what? It's uh, well, actually today wasn't too bad. Today yeah. wasn't too bad. So, what's your uh, take on the football game? Was the ball inflated or deflated? I was rooting for the other team. What was that Seattle or something Seattle? like that? Yeah. Why? Well, I don't know. Just because you know. The... Is that from Massachusetts? No. Oh, that's right. Well, they're your team. Is that are they from Massachusetts? New the, England. New, New England? England. Oh, okay. They play in Massachusetts, but. They're the New England Patriots. Well, they've just won so many times. That's why I kind of wanted to see Seattle. Because didn't Seattle win last year? Yes. They did. You know but what? New England, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who wanted Seattle to win just because they hate New England. Well, no, 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 no. I just, you know, it's like it's like even though I was root for San Francisco back in the Montana days, yeah. and I don't know anything about football, okay? But anyway, but after a while, you know, it's like, okay, I'd like to see somebody else get in there and, and win for a chance. Which leads me to believe that, you know, and I've said this before, is it rigged? I don't know. <laughs> At the last few seconds there, that interception, I don't know. Was it yeah. luck? I, I mean, there's a lot. You could you could argue a lot of different things. And right now, people are arguing a lot of different things. There's conspiracy theorists. There's just poor play calling. There's, you know, yeah, people don't like Marshawn Lynch. They're, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, let me tell you a little story about uh, car racing and NASCAR, and I know you're excited to hear these stories, but back in the day, me being a Ford guy, I was really, really upset, and a lot of guys were, with the way NASCAR kind of, the way GM kind of dominated racing back in the day, whether, mm-hmm. regardless of whether it was NASCAR or whether it was drag racing or whatever, but we always felt that General Motors threw a lot of money in advertising, and what it boils down to is whoever spends the most money on advertising throws the most money in terms of support for whatever their racing institution is, those are the guys that are going to get. They're going to win, and as long as the other guys are close and still get a lot of exposure and stuff like that, you got to kind of wonder sometimes because the way the cars were built back in those days, pretty much if, if Ford had a two eighty nine, Chevrolet had a two eighty three. If Ford had a three hundred two, Chevrolet had a three hundred two. If Ford had a three fifty one, Chevrolet had a three fifty, and Mopar had a three forty. So on and so on and so on. So really, come on, guys. I mean, it's like really. And I can just tell you from my own experiences that, uh, yeah, I'm definitely a conspiratorialist. But anyway, let's get on to tonight's show. <laughs> and now we played a little clip there that I kind of modified from the old 1966 film Harper. And the reason I did that is because Paul Newman drives a Porsche 356 in there. Of course, you know, in the old days, they just did wonders with special effects and especially sound effects. Because, you know, I mean, if you listen to that, there's, uh, it si- kind of sounds like a... Porsche 356, but it could be a Volkswagen. I don't know, but the sound effects are all off. But anyway, and I had to kind of, I was nosing around trying to figure out what I'm going to come up with for a uh, film thing. And of course, if you guys typically listen to my show, you know, it's always, there's kind of a theme, you know, I try to tie everything in. Well, anyway, since we're doing the all Porsche cars, sports cars auction auto retro at Amelia Island this year um, in March, 
I'm on kind of a Porsche kick, let alone the fact that I am a Porsche guy to begin with, and particularly very fond of 356s. So I thought that movie was kind of appropriate. But anyway, I just happened to be sniffling around, or sniffling, snooping around on the Internet, and I pulled up on one of the old blog sites, and it was talking about um, a little quote here. It says, just wanted to watch the 1966 film Harper for the first time. As soon as my wife saw Paul Newman in his beat-up speedster, my wife said, Oh, so that's why you wanted to run the movie. But then after a while, she liked the movie anyway. All right, this is a kind of a quote, and it's in here. And quite frankly, a lot of guys were like that. We'd go to a movie theater, you'd see a trailer, and a guy might drive an old Shelby or a Cobra or a Boss or a Mustang or a Camaro or whatever the guy might like, an old Cadillac. And next thing you know, he's going to go see the movie, thinking that the movie's going to have this car in there quite a bit. It's like a star, and there's only one little blip on it. Although Paul Newman did drive this car quite a bit in the movie. But that's no different than women seeing you know, Kevin Costner in the trailer and saying, oh my God, I want to go see that movie because Kevin Costner's in it. And then come to find out Kevin Costner dies in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Or, you know what I mean? Or anything. Yeah, or yeah, he's, or yeah. he's barely in the movie. Or who cares that he is in the movie? You know, it, it's yeah. no different. Yeah, it's the, yeah, yeah. There's a parallel there. You know, there's, I like going to see sports movies. Yeah. So if I see a movie trailer for something to do with baseball, I don't care. It could be a horrible movie, but I'm probably going to go and see it simply because it piqued my interest. Somebody had a cool baseball bat in there, right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, anything. All right. Well, anyway, having said that, let's see. Uh, Chris, you gotta, you need to make it to this. In, uh, in two weeks, on the 15th, downtown Clearwater, cruising at the Capitol. Now, that's put on by our good friends over at uh, Ruth Eckert Hall. It's going to be downtown Clearwater. They're expecting somewhere around 200 cars. So if you want to bring your car down there, it's a free event. There are going to be vendors, there's going to be music, there's going to be all kinds of stuff. Plus, 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 in the evening at the Capitol Theater, they're going to have a special presentation of the movie Bullet. And I think it's cheap, like like five, six bucks or seven bucks or eight bucks or whatever it is to, to get in and experience the newly remodeled, one-year-old now, Capitol Theater. Uh, that's on the 15th. Okay, Festivals of Speed, March 6th in downtown St. Petersburg at the Vinoy. Moultrie, Georgia, swap meet this weekend. Okay, this upcoming weekend. That's kind of cool. Festivals of Speed again, March 14th, Saturday, at Amelia Island. Our Amelia Island Select Auction on uh, Saturday the 14th, Friday the 13th, is our Porsche auction, uh, Porsche cars, sports cars only, called Auto Retro. We've got 40 cars consigned. We actually have 140 cars total. We've got 40 Porsches, assortment of 356s, early 911s, late 911s, even some uh, 2002, 3, 4, 5, really cool late model 996s, 997s, and I think there may even be a 991 showing up there. And then, of course, we got some really cool classics. We've got this gorgeous 57 convertible Chevrolet, beautiful car. We've got a Kaiser Darren. We've got a number, we got a really wicked 1969 Buick GS400 four speed convertible. That's a cool piece. Your basic Camaro with a big block and a four-speed. That's kind of neat, you know. A number of mid-year Corvettes. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're old. Um, but we got some pretty interesting cars. we got a Banter, uh, Bantam. Bantam, yeah. The little, little Bantam Roadster coming through. So that's kind of a cool piece. Um, but check out the website, HollywoodWheels.com. That's HollywoodWheels.com. Check out our selection of cool cars. And if you can make it up to our auction in Amelia Island, feel free to do so. In fact, I may even have some tickets to get into Festivals of Speed up at Amelia Island. Okay, what else we got going on? The concourse. The Amelia Island Concourse is Sunday the 15th in March. It's the 20th anniversary. Pretty cool stuff. Sterling Moss, who has been a guest on our show, is going to be the uh, guest of honor. And uh, he basically commemorates the 20th anniversary because he was there on the first event uh, 20 years ago. So that's pretty cool. Uh, if you're swap meet junkies like myself, Zephyr Hill Swap Meet on the 19th of this month. 
course, this past weekend was Webster or Sumter County. That was on Sunday. And us uh, parts junkies were up there. But also this weekend was the, uh, you heard me talk about it last week, was the 48 Hours at Sebring put on by the Porsche Club. And that was pretty cool. And one of my tasks to do down there was to physically inspect and look at a very rare fab car built Porsche 993. And it's actually kind of a cool piece because this was a purpose-built car that was literally built around a 911 motor. And it's a 911 style 993 slash mid-engine car with a 911 with 911 993 you know mid-90s uh porsche bodywork on pretty cool piece car had some interesting history in fact in fact paul newman wait a minute i can't take that back paul newman didn't drive that one paul newman drove another car that i'm working on uh hurley haywood drove this car and the 1996 uh imsa season there so but yeah i'm working on another porsche that we're trying to consign and i'm trying to look at and trying to get this guy to bring this car to the show and that is a mid-70s Porsche 911S. It was kind of modified to look a little bit like a 934, and Paul Newman actually drove that car. So um, that's an interesting piece. So having said that, uh, what do we got on the turn-em-up table? We got something kind of cool and classic this time. You know, the, the, the band Shocking Blue was well-known for their 69, 68, 69 song, uh, Venus, okay, which was kind of a number of bands have done a cover on it. But this is another song that they did, which is... Called uh, my my mind went blank. Help me out here, Chris. California, here I come. California, here I come. I set you up for that. Okay, so this is a cool song. This is Shocking Blue. A little something different from them. Kind of a neat song. Kind of psychedelic rock. I dig it. Hey, don't turn that channel. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. We'll be right back.
This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey, listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Car sent you. Hi, this is Shirley Cha-Cha Muldowney, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. That was kind of a cool song. Back to back. Chris, I think that should be my theme song. California, here it comes. Now... This this this, this sound. I think effect. this should be your theme song. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Can you turn that up so bad? What about that real loud? This this sound effect that you hear, this snoring, this farting, and the air conditioner in the background is a real live audio that I took while I was sharing a room with my cohorts when we were at Daytona last fall. <laughs> and they really did snore. You could hear that, like I said. And you know, the you one can part, hear it. It sounded like at the end there, you could hear a toilet flush. That's exactly right. Was somebody awake? That's my handiwork. <laughs> <laughs> so were those actual... So nope. if the toilet was flushing, were they really farts or were they No, no that was the really, real deal? That was really those guys doing it. But here's what happened. See, when these guys drink, they snore real loud, okay? So what happened was it was so bad... And we argued, oh, no, you snore. No, you snore. No, you snore. So what I did is I thought, I'll fix you guys. I have audio equipment. I walked up there, set that thing between those two guys. Then I proceeded to go to the little boys' room. I forgot about that the audio equipment will pick up the toilet flushing. But this was the stupidest bathroom, stupidest layout I've ever seen. It had, you know, normally the bathroom was a separate room and it's partitioned. This thing had bifold doors like a closet. So here you are. You actually have no privacy in that bathroom. I didn't even use that bathroom during the daytime. It's like I a studio to, apartment. Exactly what it was. I went down the street and used the one in the lobby. I, there's no way that I would sit there and do my business in there. I'm. I have a little more pride. <laughs> would you think that. they were going to wake up in the middle of the night and like no, barge in on you? You can see right through there. <laughs> really? Did, that's, wait, I mean, it didn't even have like slits in the door. Or anything? It did, but there was gaps all over the place. I mean, you know, I, I hey, look, man, I'm the guy that would not dress out for gym. For the same reason. I got a thing about that, okay? So anyway, we, 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 where was I going? Okay, um, 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 my mind just went blank. But anyway, so we were, we were talking about the Porsche thing, and I was on the website here, and I was just looking up this thing. It's called Porsches and Movies, and I was just kind of going through my little 356 thing here a little bit, because we have a number of Porsches in our, in our auction, but there's no movie cars 
there, but there are some cars that have some interesting race history. Nonetheless, I was looking at uh, 356 Speedsters. Okay, everybody remembers the movie with Eddie Murphy um, where he drove where he drove the black Porsche Speedster, and, of course, the car got blown up there in, I think, 48 Hours 2. Doc Hollywood with uh, Michael J. Fox, he crashed his little 356. That was a fake one also. They rarely ever use a real one. Top Gun, they drove a—Tom uh, Cruise drove a 356 in that one. Coming home, it says there was a 356 Speedster in it, but I don't remember that. In the bullet, you actually, when they were racing down the side street, there was a red one on the side of the road. I do remember that. Um, there was another movie, I'm trying to think which one it was, where they, oh yeah, Willy Wonka. Um, it's funny because when he got his ticket and he, and, it, and, he, and he picked the ticket up in the, in the gutter outside the candy store, I don't know if anybody caught that, but actually when he bent over, you could see the front bumper, I believe, of a 356, and they actually refer- reference this here. So, uh, it's, that's pretty cool, too. So for all you Porsche 356 nuts, um, there's a little bit of trivia there. But anyway, listen, man, I'm going, um, 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 yum, yum, yum. I mean, anyway, uh, we got a very special guest for you this evening. You know, we're on this kind of, uh, this whole week, yeah, we've got, uh, we're on this Michigan kick for some reason. I don't know why, because I had my buddies on the beginning of the month, and we had, uh, we had Jeff and Terry from Michigan, and then we had Lauren Fix on. Then we had Mark Farner from Grand Funk Radio, uh, Radio Railroad. He was on last week. And the gentleman I got coming on this evening is also uh, from Michigan, well-known guy in the car business, built some pretty cool stuff, really, really nice guy, got a cool hey, collection of cars. Hey, Chris, turn the thing off. I can hear you. I'm in the radio. <laughs> That's what you call technical. Okay, so, uh, but anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, bring our guest on here in a few minutes. We're going to play another little, some groovy 70s rock and roll. And then we're going to play another little movie clip, and then we're going to bring our guests on, right? So go ahead and fire up that turntable real quick. Play this song, and we will be right back. Now, let me think here. What did we put on today? This is, uh, oh, yeah. Let's play some real Michigan music. How about some Grand Funk Railroad? Is this foot-stomping music? No. Oh, no, 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 no. This is Mr. Limousine Man, right? Is that it? Yeah. Mr. Limousine? Yeah. This is a little rock and roll. You know what blues. year? 69. Oh, well. Fine. Am I close? Yeah, no, you nailed it. Did I? Okay, well, here's the deal. Early Grand Funk was pretty cool. Like, a lot of these bands, they played a little rock, bluesy, psychedelic stuff before they got commercial, you know, where all the music started to sound the same. So, uh, again, Mark Farner was on our show last week. He's coming on again probably towards the end of the year. So, uh, kudos to Mark Farner. Check out his website, markfarner.com. Hey, here's some great old traditional early Grand Funk Railroad. Mr. Limousine Man. We'll be right back. You're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't go away. we 
My name is Roger, sir. May I be of some help? That's funny. My name is Roger. Two Rogers don't make a riot. <laughs> Roger, I have a problem. Yes. I've been in L.A. for three months now. I have money. I have taste. But I'm not on anybody's A-list, and Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week for me. Well, a Ferrari would certainly change that. Perhaps. Hmm. But you know, this is the one. Yes. Yes, yes. I saw three of these parked outside the local Starbucks this morning, which tells me only one thing. There's too many self-indulgent wieners in this city with too much bloody money. Now, if I was driving a 1967 275 GTB 4 cam, you would not be a self-indulgent wiener, sir. You would be a connoisseur. Precisely. Champagne would fall from the heavens, doors would open, velvet ropes would par. I don't have one here. However, I do have one in the warehouse. Superb. What else do you have in the warehouse? Okay, we're back, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio Cars. And I just got a text. Now, you know, I, I, I'm, I've always been kind of like the uh, old-school kind of guy, but I just got a text from our good friends up there at Motormouth Radio in uh, New York, and he just sent me a text saying, and that's the song I wanted to hear last week, Mr. Limousine Man by Grand Funk. And he also says he's shoveling snow. So uh, Ray and Chris up there, uh, enjoy the snow. <laughs> we have sunshine, pals. But anyway, we're going to get them on our show next uh, next month. We're going to have those guys on. It's going to be me and Alan tag-teaming Chris and Ray at Motormouth Radio. Go check out their website, Motormouth Radio. Hey, tonight we got a uh, another gentleman from Michigan. The name Lingenfelter is synonymous with speed, performance, engineering. And the gentleman tonight is the owner and the... Let's just call him the big kahuna at Lingenfelder. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Ken Lingenfelder. Ken, are you there? Yes, I am, Robert. How are you doing? Pretty good. So how are things up in Michigan? Are you got a lot of snow up there, too? Yeah, actually, we're shoveling snow, too, believe me, and it's very cold. <laughs> it's very cold. Okay, what part of Michigan are you in? You know, um, just north of Ann Arbor, a small city called Brighton. Uh, it's uh, on the way to Lansing and uh, not too far out of Detroit, about an hour out of the Detroit area. Okay, now that's uh, my my wife's cousin used to live out in Hamburg. But the reason Brighton is significant to us Ford guys is because that's where Carcraft Engineering was, and that's where they built all the Boss Ford Twenty Nines and the special vehicles for Ford Motor Company. Correct. There you go. And you're a well, che- Chevrolet guy, right? All Chevrolet. That's all we've ever worked on is General Motors products. And uh, in fact, I think the Mustang guys get a little irritated once in a while when we smoke them with our Camaros. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm probably not their biggest fan. This means war. <laughs> but anyway, <There> you go. <laughs> well, Ken, give us a little background on yourself and uh, how you came to be involved with Lingenfelter, which was a very, very prominent name back in the '90s. Okay, with uh, the the Callaway Corvette uh, story. Well, that's exactly right. You know, uh, my cousin John Lingenfelter started the company about uh, 42 years ago, if you can imagine that. And uh, John was a true guy uh, in the wood drag racer, more more so than anything else. In fact, he actually gathered up about 13 NHRA Grand National titles for us, and, uh, and uh, we, we were. We got we were very involved in uh, ZR1 development. Our head engineer, actually, Graham Behan, was uh, the Lotus side of the General Motors Lotus Mercury Marine um, division that, that built that ZR1 engine back in 1990. So, um, unfortunately, uh, John... Uh, was in a horrendous drag racing accident uh, testing in 2002 and passed away from his injuries in 2003. 
Um, I've always been a, a car nut. Our, our family, the rest of our family, we've got a lot of racers in, in our family. And um, uh, from the time I was 15, I was taking apart motors and putting them back together and actually got expelled from high school for drag racing right out in front of the school. Uh, I guess, you know, when we're young, we do some pretty uh, pretty strange things. But the fact is, uh, I've, I've been passionate about cars since I was a kid and uh, and very focused. My dad ran a fisher body plant in Ohio for years. And um, he used to take me back to work, actually, with him when uh, when he got home from, uh, from work. So the car thing was in my blood right from the get-go. Uh, I was uh, had a very successful business career in the real estate uh, development, real estate settlement field. And um, just after John passed, uh, John's brother Charlie sought me out and knew that I was, uh, you know, so very passionate about cars and racing and uh, realized that it might not be a bad idea for me to try to take the com- company forward and to continue John's legacy, and and that's what we've been trying to do. Take us back a few years when when you were growing up. What was one of, like? And your dad was affiliated, worked for General Motors. He was an executive with GM. Right. So, what are some of the cars that your dad would bring home? Some cool stories about some of that. You know, actually, he didn't bring much home because Fisher Body built the coach right up to the firewall. And oh, okay, that's the part he was involved in. And uh, General Motors, they called it GMAD back in that day would finish the car, but uh, he was very involved, for example, in the first old Toronado. Uh, Fisher Body uh, built the body on that car. They built the Buick Riviera and also the Cadillac Eldorado. And uh, you know, as I said, in the, back in the day, he'd come home from work, taking back to the factory, and I spent a lot of time sitting in the front back seat of that Eldorado going down the line doing testing and watching him check the quality and everything else on that car. Um, I, I will tell you this. I was 10 years old when the 63 split window Corvette came out, and that's the car that truly hooked me <clears throat> completely. I mean, I was already a car guy, probably had more Matchbox series than anybody else in maybe in the country. I don't know. I was pretty crazy about that stuff. But uh, but that Corvette split window Stingray was just the best for me and, and really, really, really hooked me. Well, now, having said that, and the 63 split window, let's jump forward just for a second. You have an amazing car collection, and if I had to guess, you've probably got one of each version, engine option, 1963 Corvette split window, right? Well, you know, I have one 63 split window. It's one I looked far and wide for. It's a Fuley Silver with black interior. I think it's one of the best ones in the country. Uh-huh. And uh, and only one, but I, I think there's about 85 Corvettes totally in the collection, and it's all over the board. Okay. Um, Reeves Calloway and I are very good friends, and uh, so I've got a number of Calloways in the collection. Reeves actually, Reeves and I actually built a car to display on the uh, lawn of uh, Pebble Beach a number of years back, and uh, and we've got a lot of our old cars, uh, cars my cousin John built and raced, um, cars we set records with. Um, yeah, Corvette. Uh, we have the uh, the Duntoff Mule car, uh, 1954 Corvette, first V8 Corvette in the collection. Uh, the only supercharged 53 Corvette uh, sits there with a McCullough supercharger on it and McCullough wheels and very cool. A styling car, a car that came out of the styling department at GM, another 1954 Corvette. But uh, but uh, 53 right up to three brand-new Z06 Corvettes that are in development right now for our customer packages. So uh, there's a lot to see. Well, tell us a little bit about your customer packages. Let's jump into Lingenfelter Performance Engineering. So tell us a little bit about that and and some of the stuff that you do there. Well, you know, the performance company was always there to kind of enhance uh, GM products. It wasn't only Corvette. We built uh, 
Firebirds, Camaros, and uh, all the SUVs. We were tuning and putting blowers on uh, uh, Suburbans and everything else a long, long time ago. But uh, our main product and our lifeblood has always been Corvette, and uh, and that's has uh, got a lot of our focus over the years. Um, we build packages, standard packages, and different horsepower ratings for uh, a number of levels of Corvettes, but it also has to do a lot with what our customer is going to do, whether they're going to autocross or drag race or road race or just go to a car show and want to pop a hood and uh, show off a Lingenfelder and beat on their chest. So um, it, it runs the gamut. Uh, we also have built some individual cars. Uh, we just finished a car for a customer of ours that uh, has always wanted to go 200 miles an hour. And uh, we finished that car. We're going to go out and sit with him at the uh, Texas Mile and watch him do over 200 miles an hour with it and support him along the way. So, um, But all General Motors products. We've never really dabbled. We we did a few Vipers in the day, uh, but it's been more than anything else just uh, Corvette and GM products. Um, speaking of collector cars, now you and I had a chance to kind of hang out a little bit at Meekums here a couple of weeks yes, ago. Yes, we did. And, yep. um, I I think if I understood you correctly, you were trying to buy one of the the Call- Callaway sledgehammer was going through that auction, right? Well, you know the, the Callaway sledgehammer went through the auction in Kissimmee last year. Oh, okay, uh, not this past year. And actually, uh, a gentleman that owned a whole bunch of Callaways um, tried to sell most of the collection, but the majority of them uh, did not sell. Okay, I think he was looking for a little bit more money, and the sledgehammer was one of those cars, and. Uh, I hope one day that sledgehammer ends up in the collection. You know, my cousin John built the motor, and he also drove the car to the record. And uh, so we'd sure like to see that in the Lingenfelter collection sometime down the way. Now, was there a collaboration between Lingenfelter and Callaway back in the day? Um, I think there's been a friendship. I think there's been, uh, you know, some engineering that went back and forth. In a lot of cases, uh, you know, Reeves is a very, very good engineer. So was John. Um, there were a lot of people enhancing Corvettes back there, but Callaway and Lingenfelder were the top companies. And, uh, so I, I think there was a little friendly competitiveness going on there also. And, uh, and I think there was a lot of fun, uh, in that process. So what are your thoughts on the new Corvette? Well, I, you know, of course I'm a little biased, but I think they're absolutely beautiful. Um, you know, when we realized what they were doing, realized that there was going to be a new direct injection engine. Uh, we bought a couple of 2014 uh, Silverado pickup trucks because we knew that had the LT1 motor in it. And, you know, we got past the embarrassment and uh, talk about what's Lingenfelder doing at the drag strip with pickup trucks. But uh, we had probably about 95% of our um, engineering done on that motor by the time the car was introduced. And we got a, a little bit of help getting the car quickly. And uh, the day we got it, we had it in our shop. We had it baselined on the chassis dyno and and uh, engine out by, I don't know, sometime in the wee hours of the morning and apart, uh, excuse me, up on the engine dyno first, baselined, and then apart and back together and heads and cam and cam work. And so we've we've really taken the LT1 engine, the, the standard Corvette engine, and taken it about as far as it can go without some uh, additional fuel uh, pumps and things like that to make it go better. But uh, we've got... Uh, 550 horsepower package, uh, 600 to 650, a naturally aspirated package, and and now we've got the uh, Z06 to play with, and uh, we're having a lot of fun with that. Okay, we're, I want to get in your collection a little bit, but I know you 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 fancy 
Ferraris. Okay, now having said that, let's go to the new Corvette. It's got very Ferrari four fifty fifth excuse me, four fifty eight look to it. So it does. and right. I and I think for the money, you really can't beat what sh- what the new C7 has to offer, and it's got a very European feel to it. So tell us a little bit your your thoughts on that. Well, I, I have to tell you that the Corvette has always been an absolute tremendous bang for the buck. Uh, and I, I don't think anybody would ever disagree with that. There were a lot of people that complained about maybe the interior not being fancy enough. But, you know, in the end, for your money... Uh, Corvette has always been a really, really good value, and frankly, still a very good value. You can uh, you can pick up C4s and C5s right now at a very good price. Actually, at that Mecham auction uh, in Kissimmee here two weeks ago, I couldn't help myself. A 2004 Z06 crossed the block, and I had to bid on it, and I, and I ended up getting it. So <laughs> um, I've got a real a real passion for uh, for C5s and uh, and the rest of them too, for that matter. But uh, but that that C7 came out. I mean, they did a great job with the interior. Um, very fast, very very good handling. You know, as a race car driver, you like to turn the controls off a lot of times. The handling controls, and I found myself leaving them on in uh, many cases because it did such a good job. Um, I think the uh, the style is great. The colors they offered were really good, and uh, I just think they're a huge value. And and there are even some showing up now on eBay and such that are uh, that are used. Uh, but that, and then again, that Z06, the new Z06, we got our first one. It was blue with black inside. It arrived and arrived a little late for us to really get out and enjoy it because the weather turned so fast up here and they've got those cup tires on them. So, uh, with the Z07 package, so be like driving on ice skates, but they're truly a work of art. Uh, just absolutely beautiful. Let's, let's do it. Give us a comparison to C5. Okay. Let's say a Z06, C5, and then the new C7. Uh, Z06 version. Tell us a little bit about are there similarities? Is it marginally better car? Oh my gosh, no. I mean, it is an it is an absolute fabulous car these days. I mean, there's so many advancements. There's so many things that they've really addressed. I, I think the first C7, just the regular Stingray, when it came out, uh, from my perspective, I mean, the first one we got, we really went and beat it up on the track uh, quite a bit, and, and thank goodness it was a little underpowered from our perspective 460 horsepower is a lot a lot for most people probably uh plenty for most people but for me and our customers we needed more and uh and thank goodness they left a little on the table for us because <laughs> that's the way we've been building them so and the handling and everything is it marginally different now i'm skipping the c6 because i'm trying to because you mentioned the c5 and i have a friend of mine that races a c5 so i'm just trying right. to and he's done extensive work to that car so if you take the stock production z06 versus the C5 versus the C7, marginally better in terms of handling as well? Oh, no, uh, incredibly. Uh, so much more advanced. Uh, unbelievable. So many more advances. But keep in mind, you know, uh, the C5s, and, and just like with us, that yellow Z06 I bought at the uh, Mecham auction, it's going to get a new suspension underneath it, and it's going to get a different motor. We'll put a, one of our 427s in it, and we'll we'll probably autocross that car more than just about anything else. And uh you know, they're great on the autocross course, and, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with it. But the stock Z06 for a C5 and the stock Z06 with a Z07 package brand new are like night and day. Really? Uh, you, we, we, we're so spoiled today with how good cars are. And uh, and then with that additional horsepower and all those uh, uh, new things they've added, I mean, the interior is beautiful. I actually, one of the three... 
I save for myself. It's going to get all the mods after we've tested and everything, uh, and we've uh, got them into production. But I've got a white one with red interior and black wheels, and it is just stunning. The the Z06 now, are you – and those cars you can still get with a standard shift transmission. It's what, a six-speed in those cars? You can. You can. It's not six-speed. It's a seven. Or seven, and, okay. Uh, and eight. And, uh, and the thing that really is standing out right now is the, the new eight-speed automatic. Um, and they claim – we haven't had a chance to check this out. The, we haven't got our first automatic yet. It's due in any time. Um, but uh, they claim that uh, it's faster than the manual shift car, and I think that probably makes a lot of sense, knowing you know the way Ferrari's done and Lamborghini's done. You know, you realize you cannot get a manual uh, uh, Ferrari or Lamborghini, or for that matter, Porsche anymore. They're just not available. Um, everybody's gone to the paddle shifts and the automatics, and it was a hard thing for me to accept and think I was going to like, but I'm a believer now. Really? Does it? Mm-hmm. But all right, being a stick guy, this is one that I that I have to kind of fret with a little bit. Being a stick guy, and then getting an automatic car, I just uh, even if it's a high powered late model exotic, I I have an issue with it. I don't know. I can't get past it. Well, and you know, I think uh, Robert, if you get on the drag or excuse me on the race track with mm-hmm. uh, one or two, and and uh, you realize how fast those things shift and uh, how dependable they are, and of course, again, you know, I, I spend, I've got a home out in California, but we've got a lot of things we do out there for TV and and uh, companies we work with. And I really don't want a manual car sitting up on the 405 at uh, 5 o'clock. <laughs> so. Okay, I, I get that. Now, yeah. <clears throat> how much, let's digress for a second, how much um, collaboration do you do with Chevrolet in terms of outsourcing development for them? Are they do everything in-house or do you do some no. Yeah, yeah, they pretty much have got everything inside, and they, okay. they kind of took their engineering inside and everything else. I think, I think all the OEMs look at the aftermarket and understand that because of Cafe and some other things, they can't do some of the things we can do. And I think they get a real kick out of some of the engines we can build and how we can make more horsepower with, they, with what they've already done. But uh, fact of the matter is, there's very little collaboration these days with the OEMs in the aftermarket, and I think it's got more to do with. Uh, you know, the fuel economy and the things like that that they're trying to achieve. Do they tend to pick up some of the stuff that you've developed and engineered and then maybe later somehow filtered in, incorporated into their production cars at all? You know, I think that might have been the case back in the day. I don't think it's so true now because the stuff we're getting is so new. Mm -hmm. Um, And in my business, you know, being first means a lot. Uh, When we get a a new Corvette, we want to be first in... In the, at the drag strip, uh, laying down some really great passes, and we want to be first to have the right combination for the suspension, and we want to be first adding some body components that maybe the OEM has left off and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, we go right to work on them and such, but, uh, you know, it, it, it is getting harder and harder to enhance something that comes from the factory because they are very, very good. Okay, and now you've done some stuff with Cadillac, and uh, tell us some of that, because basically the Corvette and the Cadillac and Chevrolet in general share a lot of the, uh, it's kind of a corporate motor, right? Well, they do. There's a lot of things, but Cadillac CTSV was an incredible product for us um, Uh right from the get-go. When they started back in 2004, um, you know, we started putting blowers on them, doing heads and cam work on them, and uh, we were making a lot more horsepower out of that motor. It's a great motor, and 
of course, LS Motors, period, have always been really good. And uh, and so we were in it early on. Our customers knew it. And uh, we've got a lot of business guys that uh, our customers that are driving, you know, CTSV, four-door sedans that have got 700-plus horsepower. And uh, it's kind of nice we can make that motor sound really good, as you can <laughs> probably imagine. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I actually just bought a 2005 uh, V that I'm having our guys do heads and cam work on, and we're going to make it a permanent part of the collection. We've got a body kit we put on that car and uh, really changes the look of the outside. And uh, it's a lot of fun to drive. But um, And another thing, interestingly enough, you'd be amazed at how many actual station wagons, CTSB station wagons we've tuned. Um Absolutely amazing. Something that was a complete surprise to me. I And it's a great-looking car. I, I don't know how you feel about it, Robert, but to me, that CTSV wagon is very sharp. Well, it's, and, fun, uh, it's funny you mention that because I do. I personally am a wagon guy, so I've had a number of uh, Bimmer wagons over the years, 5 Series. But we had Bob Lutz on not too long ago, last year sometime or whatever it was, and he had a tricked-out uh, uh, CTS um uh, wagon with with I think a standard shift transmission in it too. So yeah, yeah wagon, oh yeah, no, it's it's yeah. actually got a better. It looks better than the sedan, quite frankly. It's got a sportier look. The wagon does, I think. Uh, uh, one of our guys, one of our uh, better engine builders, has got one, and we kind of pushed him a little bit uh, to get it done and uh, to go on and buy one. And I think he's tickled pink with it. We've had it at a number of shows. Got a nice Linger, Lingenfelder banner across the window, and <clears throat> you can hear that lopey cam making a bunch of noise but uh it's a manual shift car and he's loving it super when you I, i'm looking at your website here okay and there's a picture of the black corvette and the smoking the tires now which racetrack or which track test track facility do you guys use to do a lot of your um uh, research on you know we use a small track down in indiana and uh, you know the main shop is in uh, decatur indiana oh, okay <clears throat> just kind of like on the ohio border and uh between indiana and ohio and uh, But we've got a small track down in Muncie, Indiana, we've used over the years. It's kind of been considered our home track, and you'd see a lot of Lingenfelder signs up there and everything. And uh, But we really like the Norwalk drag strip. We've done a lot down there. Actually, we our first, the Copo Camaro that we got from GM a couple of years ago, it made its first passes out there. Um, you know, there are a lot of good tracks, and uh, and we spend a lot of time testing and enjoying and. A lot of our guys, the guys who work for us, are uh, racers also. I think uh, all three of our sales guys in, in one of the locations have uh, got uh, uh, cars at home that they've built, and they race uh, weekends when the weather's better. So, Are you more of a drag racer or road racer? Uh, you know, I like both. I, I love drag racing. I always have. Um, did a lot of that when I was younger. I try to make a pass, you know, whenever I can or make some passes whenever I can in our cars, but... More often than not, I'm on a road course these days, and uh, I'm just actually out at the thermal track out at uh, uh, Palm Springs here in the Palm Springs area, or La Quinta area here, just about four or five weeks ago. And I like trying the different tracks that are out there. You know, there's Autobahn Country Club. There's a lot of these country club tracks coming up right now. And well, I'll tell you, I think I'm going to try to do my best to get out to see every one of them. So. <laughs> put some put some rubber down, right? Yeah, but I have to tell you at the same time, I, I'm. I, I love drag racing. Either one, wheels making things go fast, uh, competitiveness. I'm I'm all about all of that. Super. Let me ask you this: um, Does Lingenfelter? Do you outsource? Do you do um, research for other uh, companies out there? You know, in other words, to test other products. 
You know, actually, we're a full engineering company. I mean, we've got, we do a lot of engineering for a lot of things, and some things we can talk about and some things we can't. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, if someone's got a new clutch they want to try or somebody's got a new crank or somebody's got a new idea about direct injection, uh, you know, we do a lot of that kind of testing. We also do uh, a lot of uh, engines, Copo Camaros, the new Copo Camaros are building. A number of the guys have brought their cars to us, and, you know, we've built their motors for drag racing, and uh, it's a big part of our business, yes. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about your collection. Your collection consists of, from what I've read, a couple hundred cars. So tell us about some of the unique vehicles in there. Yeah, actually it's about 250 cars total. I, uh, I'm, i you know, so passionate about the performance company, but I'm also passionate about uh, the collector cars. And, and the one thing that we uh, decided early on, my wife and I figured that this would be an absolute great venue to do charity events at. So uh, there's 250 cars in the collection. We keep about 200 in the main building, and uh, our its mission is charity work. We do charity fundraisers there, um, <clears throat> and it's been very, very successful that way. Uh, we've had things like black tie events to uh, pizza and beer events, uh, but there's always a charity aspect to the uh, to the event we're doing. And, and to be honest with you, the, um, the collection itself, I mean, a lot of guys like all convertibles or all sports cars or, you know, one kind of uh, vehicle or a couple of kinds. The collection is really made up of cars I, I like and I've liked over the years. So it's about 30% muscle cars and about 30% exotics. And the rest are Corvettes and some of my uh, families and my old race cars. And, uh, and we, have a, we have a blast with it. What are some of the charities that you uh, that you kind of sponsor? <clears throat> well, I, you know, we've it's just about everything from you know a small kid that needs some help locally to uh, Alzheimer's Association. We work with all the major hospitals in the Detroit area. Our our biggest event is in October. You know, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, okay. and uh, we do uh, a bang up uh, event on one day there. In fact, last year, this last October, we had twenty five hundred people through the collection in one day. Uh, from like nine o'clock in the morning until five o'clock in the evening, and we raised a whole bunch of money for some great breast cancer research uh, groups, and uh, and had a lot of fun doing it. So it, it's worked very well. And one thing that makes me feel really good is that there are still a lot of people that really like to come out and enjoy the cars, and uh, and frankly, I love sharing them with them. That's super. That's super. Now um, we got a few minutes left. A couple of years ago, I was up at St. John's, and I believe you had some Camaros that you had kind of made look a little bit like Firebirds and some other cars. Are you still working on those pro- pro- projects? Yeah, I mean, that, that's one of those projects that you do. I kind of had a rant. When General Motors dropped Pontiac, I got, you know, pretty frustrated, and uh, we decided to go on ahead and uh, build what we thought they should have built in a Firebird. And uh, it was never intended to be a production car. Uh, it was more just to kind of show off what, you know, we could do and took it to SEMA and it kind of blew the roof off over there. We had a lot of fun with it. But, uh, you know, we've we've done some production cars for customers. I think we've built maybe 50 cars. Uh, we've sent a few to our customers in Dubai. Uh, they've always gotten a big kick out of that and such. But, uh, but you know, the star of the collection today is uh, we just had uh, one of the new LaFerraris delivered last week. Okay. And uh, so the Ferrari collection, I mean, there's an Enzo and a, 288 GTO and a 599 GTO and F40, uh, 328. But this LaFerrari is an absolute amazing car. Uh, and we're excited about the ability to show it off and share it and at the same time uh, 
we're thinking it's going to be a really great draw for the charity events that we do there. All right, now let's touch for our listeners. The LaFerrari is a hybrid car, and it's a V12 with some little enhancements, electrical, electric-wise, with a motor, right? And that thing does close to a 1,000 right. horsepower, right? It's, uh, it's, you know, it's high 800 horsepower, low, probably just a little under 800 horsepower when you've got everything all turned on and they've added, or added it all up together. Ferrari, um, there's 499 of them that are going to be built. And Ferrari chose who they were going to sell the cars to. You had to be invited to buy a car. And it wouldn't didn't matter if you were the richest sheikh in Dubai. They were going to put the car into people's hands that they wanted to put them in. And uh, I really think that, you know, Ferrari got a kick out of the way we uh, have collected their cars and shown them off and shared them with others and, uh, and the charity aspect of what we do. And I think that's one of the reasons why I was selected to get one. Well, congratulations on that. Now, having Thank said you. that, do you have any Porsches in your collection? I do. Uh, I'm a big Porsche guy. Uh, okay. I got a 928. That, that was my actual first Porsche was a 928, uh, which a lot of people don't really think that much of, but I do. And uh, uh, we also have a 959, which, you know, as you know, is pretty rare. Yep. Uh, they really weren't legal in this country until Bill Gates wanted to make sure he got his legalized. And uh, <laughs> somehow, some way, now we have show and display as a result of that. But uh, but that uh, 959 always gets a lot of attention in the collection. Well, uh, there's a there's a Bugatti Veyron also there, Robert. Okay. Uh, a Lam- Lamborghini Reventon. There's only 20 of those in the world. Uh, Ten in this country and ten in Europe. And uh, uh, you know, I, I've been a lot of thank goodness I had a very very successful business career because these cars would absolutely be out of reach unless I had. So. Well, I got to ask you this real quick. Since you had the LaFerrari, sure. how about the 918 mm-hmm. Porsche? You got one of those? Because it's the counterpart. It's the Porsche version of it. <clears throat> Hybrid. You know, it is. It's a beautiful car, and I've driven it. Um, I don't have one. Um, you know, at some point, you, uh, you got to have a little bit more jingle in your pocket. I'm going to have to work <laughs> a little harder to try and find one of those. But uh, I got the opportunity on the Ferrari, and it really had to go towards that. Okay. Well, Ken, I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio Cars. I want to thank my special guest this evening, Ken Lingenfelter. Lingenfelter Performance. Check out our website, lingenfelterperformance.com, I guess. In the meantime, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't forget to check out our website, callstreammotorsports.com. Like us on Facebook. Check out our podcast. I want to see you guys at some of the car shows. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker.